There's something really special about an invitation, isn't there? I've been to five weddings this year. Um, yeah, yeah. Thank, thank you. No, no, no. Um, none of them were mine, but uh, I've been to, to five weddings this year. And <laughs> Relax. There's something powerful about those words, you're invited. This is the, uh, the invite from the last wedding I was at. And right at the top, the first words are, you are invited too. And there's something, there's something about an invitation that makes us feel special. When you receive an invitation, it, it's a way of someone saying to you, you're wanted. You're valuable to me. There's something going on in my life and I want you to be there. But there's something else that an invitation does to us. An invitation also gives us a sense of expectation and excitement in what's about to happen. Because when you think about it, whether it's a wedding or a party or a conference event, even if it's a friend texting you saying, hey, you know, come around, let's watch a movie or let's do something together. That invitation communicates something, that there's something good that's about to happen. That's what the invitation says, right? There's something good that's about to happen and I want you to be a part of it. We're uh, talking about Christmas because it's Christmas and that's what you do at Christmas. We've been digging into the classic Christmas story uh, over the last few weeks and we began by asking ourselves why. Why is there a Christmas story at all? Why would this Jesus have to be born? And uh, we started exploring what the writers of the Bible had to say about why there's a Christmas. And, and they all agree. They all agree that Jesus was born to solve the sin problem. Which we said is kind of weird because you think, why would we be talking about sin at Christmas? Christmas is a time to talk about love and joy and peace and family and happiness. And why would you want to talk about sin at Christmas? And some of you are thinking, I shouldn't have come. We're going to talk about sin. It's not really what I had on my agenda for today, but, but bear with me. The writers of the Bible are clear that our world is a mess. And we'd agree with them, wouldn't we? There are words like anger and violence and pain and anxiety and abuse and Vegemite and chocolate. There are, things, <laughs> there are things going on in our world that just shouldn't be. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> there are things that are just fundamentally wrong in our world and we can't seem to fix them. And the writers of the Bible draw a big circle around all of those things and they call them sin. And sometimes, sometimes sin are the things that we do. Sometimes they're the things that we do and say, and we've all got those kind of regrets in our life. Sometimes sin are the things that are done to us. They're the effects of other people's behaviour and other people's choices on us. And sometimes sin is just the messed up nature of the world we live in. You know, there are things that happen that you can't really point to anyone and say, well, it's your fault or it's your fault. The world's just a mess, right? Humanity's tried all kinds of things to fix this sin problem. Even today, we try all kinds of things to, to fix the sin problem, but nothing really works, does it? I mean, sometimes things work for a bit and you feel like the world's getting better and then you look to the right and you realise that there's something else going wrong over here and we're still broken and we're still messed up. We need 
we need a saviour. We need, we need someone who can do for us what we are incapable of doing for ourselves. We need someone who can come and deal with all this mess in the world and deal with all this, all this anger and all this hate. And all this. We need someone who can come and deal with all this sin. Someone who can come and deal with the sin that is in me as well as the sin that is outside of me. Last week we talked about all the little details in the Christmas story that point to Jesus as that person. Mary and Joseph and Bethlehem, angels, shepherds, wise men, all of these little details in the story in one way or another point to the baby and say, he's the one. This is the saviour. This is the one you've been waiting for. This is the one who will solve the mess and the sin that the world is in. Jesus is the saviour, the story tells us, that the world so desperately needs. Jesus is the saviour that I so desperately need and that I'm sure in your honest moments you would say that you so desperately need. And today is the day when we celebrate the arrival of that saviour. When Jesus was born, Luke tells us after his investigation that angels appeared to a group of shepherds who were on the hills just outside of the tiny town where he was born. Bethlehem was a tiny place. You could find what, he, uh, uh, what the angels say in Luke chapter 2, verse 10 in the Bible. The angels said to the shepherds, Don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, Bethlehem, a saviour has been born to you. Luke's telling us as clearly as he can that Jesus is the one who has come to save the world from the mess and the sin and the pain and the anger and the anxiety, the hate and the violence that we are all trapped in, that we all call sin. Jesus is the one. But more than that, more than that, Luke wants you to know that the news about the Saviour wasn't delivered first to royalty. It wasn't delivered to the media. It didn't, that the news wasn't given to celebrities or to the Prime Minister or to anyone else important. The news was first delivered to shepherds. Now, we mentioned this last year. I don't know what you think about shepherds and you might have friends who are farmers and whatever. In the first century, in this time, a shepherd was the, like, the lowest kind of job that you could do. The lowest, most sort of poorly paid, most uneducated job. You could. So you think, don't say it out loud in case somebody has that job, but you think in your mind of whatever the job is that you think in our world is sort of the lowest of the low job, that was a shepherd in the first century. And Luke wants you to know that when God sent his messengers, when God sent his angelic messengers into the world, the first people that they came to to share the good news of the birth of the Saviour were shepherds, were ordinary people. When God announced the Saviour had been born, when God announced that the way out of our sin and mess had arrived, he makes a point, a really deliberate point of coming to ordinary people first. God wants the good news of Christmas to be heard by ordinary people. Ordinary people like me, 
ordinary people like you, ordinary people like those shepherds. It's a way of saying that Christmas isn't something for religious people. Christmas isn't something for people who go to church. Christmas isn't something for good people, people who've got it all together. I don't know why you always say people who've got it all together. Who who are these people who've got it all together? I don't know any of them, but we always say people who've got it all together. There's some people out there somewhere who've got it all together. Christmas isn't just for those people. Christmas is for all people. That was the message of the angels. I bring good news for all people. Christmas is for all people because sin affects all people. There's not a person in this room that hasn't said or done things that they regret. There isn't a person in this room who hasn't been hurt by someone else's things they regret. There isn't a person in this room whose life hasn't been impacted by selfishness and hate and greed and sadness that is in the world all around us, is there? We all post the good stuff on social media, but we all have pain and sadness that lives inside us somewhere. That's just part of what it is to be human, right? And the good news of Christmas is that Jesus doesn't come into the world to judge sin. Jesus comes into the world to save people from their sin. Jesus said it himself. Uh, You can read it in John chapter 3, verse 17. Jesus says, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Jesus isn't born to point fingers at you and make you feel bad for all of these things that we call sin. Jesus comes to free you from those things in your life. Jesus comes to bring you into a place of freedom and joy and love and grace and peace and hope. That's why we use words like peace and love and joy and hope at Christmas. This is the good news for all people that the angels were talking about. The birth of a saviour brings freedom to people who are bound by guilt and regret. Christmas brings peace to people who are overcome by anxiety. People, Christmas brings joy to people who are burdened by sadness. People brings love to people who feel ignored, feel like no one really sees them and really cares for them. Christmas brings hope to people who feel hopeless. And this isn't just an old Bible story, right? This isn't just my idea. There are millions of people in the world today, let alone history, millions of people in the world today who would say, that's just not an old story, that's my story. And you know what? There's a whole pile of people in this room here now who could say, that's my story. I know that because I asked them. I've been texting a bunch of you during the week asking you this question. How has the birth of the Saviour, this ancient old story, how has this impacted your life? These are some of the things that people text me back. Someone said, I'm never alone. Someone said, I have a rock solid, I have a solid rock in my life that never fails. 
Someone said, I still have struggles, but when I do, I can put them aside. Put Jesus first and those struggles don't affect me. I don't worry about them anymore. Someone else said, there's always hope for my future. There's a way out of my sin, said another person. I asked for something short and someone sent me a long paragraph, which I'm not going to read all of. But at the bottom of the paragraph, this guy said, it's a truth that will never change. You know, in a world and all the stuff that's going on in the world, this Christmas story, this Jesus is a truth in my life that will never change. Someone said, I have no fear of the future anymore, no matter what's to come. I'm humbled that God would send his beloved son into a fallen world to suffer and to die so that I, a completely undeserved sinner, may have the gift of eternal life, wrote one person. These are real stories from real people. This isn't something written 2,000 years ago. This is actual people sitting in this room who'd say, this is my story. Christmas is good news for all people. Christmas is an invitation for all people. It's an invitation to exchange anxiety and stress for peace. It's an invitation to exchange anger and hate for love. It's an invitation to exchange sadness and loneliness for joy. Christmas is that moment when God sends us the invitation to put on the fridge and it says, I've got something exciting going on and I want you to be part of it. It's going to be amazing, says God. Not amazing, not Christmas as in not the food tomorrow and the presents, but as in the life of the baby, get it? Mm-hmm. Says this baby, you know, he says to the shepherds, this will be a sign. Go down, find the baby. He's, he's pointing to that baby saying, I'm inviting you into something that's going to be amazing. You wait and you see what this baby grows up into. It's like a wedding invitation, but way better. It's God saying there's something wonderful that's about to happen and you're invited. Don't miss this. Christmas is an invitation to experience freedom and hope and healing and wholeness through the forgiveness of our sin. That's why we had communion today. And, and, and my job is to say to you this morning, as gently as I can, but as firmly as I can, don't miss this invitation. Because it's dead easy to miss, isn't it? I don't know what your fridge likes, looks like, but when things get magnetised onto my fridge, other things tend to get magnetised over the top of them. You know, and you end up saying, where's the invitation to that wedding? And you have to sift through a bunch of shopping lists and other random things that have been put on the fridge. Christmas can be kind of like that, can't it? Where did that, where did that invitation go? God's invitation gets drowned out by presents and parties and family gatherings and food. Man, so much food at Christmas. It's a beautiful thing. And I I love all that stuff. I, I really do. I love all that stuff. But these things can drown out the real invitation that God's making to us at Christmas. God's inviting us to acknowledge at Christmas who Jesus really is. He's inviting us to trust him and to follow him. 
He's inviting us to follow the life story, the journey of this baby who will grow up to lead and to teach and to show us a different and a better way to live. He's inviting us to follow the life of this baby who will walk, not get dragged, who will walk to a cross and sacrifice himself so that all the junk in your life can be done away with and you can be completely free in him. He's inviting you to believe in the resurrection. Christmas is an invitation to accept the forgiveness and the new life that God offers to all of us, every single one of us, through Jesus. That's the invitation of Christmas, the invitation that I want to make to you today. And now I recognise that some of you are sitting in this place of saying, I've accepted that invitation. I've RSVP'd already and said, I'm in. And for you today might be uh, just a, a reminder, you know, just to pull that thing to the front of the fridge and to stick a big magnet on it right in the middle where you can say, I don't want to forget that invitation this Christmas. But I also recognise that for others of you, you might not have quite got around to RSVPing to the invite yet. You might believe in the story, you might like the guy, but you've never quite said, I'm in. And I want to say to you, you can do that today. I'm going to pray in a little bit and I'm going to give you an opportunity, just quietly, no fanfare, you don't have to stand up the front here or anything, but to say, you know what, I'm in. I accept that invitation, it's the way I want to live. That's the story of Christmas, friends. It is the most beautiful and powerful story that has ever been told. And ultimately, as we've talked about in the last couple of weeks, it's not about shepherds and wise men and little bill and any of that. It's about the life of one baby, the life of one person who would grow into a man whose teaching and vision for the world, whose sacrifice and ultimately whose resurrection would change the world forever. It's why we're literally sitting in this place today.